Hello, good morning, everyone, or happy Friday, wherever you are in the world and whatever time it is. Okay, we're in a, a restoration series, and um, restoring all things is is what this is going to be about. If you didn't catch um, our live on Sunday, we had a couple of therapists come in to talk to us about restoration from a, a therapist uh, point of view. One of my favorite things that was said is that um, Holy Spirit, one of Holy Spirit's names is counselor. And that is one of our first clues that we need a counselor full time. So I love that. It is so true. And we have access. Say, I have access we have access to we have access to the father at all times and um, holy spirit has taken up residence in us and enjoys being there this is something that i think that we need to pause and really consider that holy spirit is happy being in me it loves to to be the counselor within me loves to guide me in in truth to um anyway i won't belabor the point but you get it holy spirit enjoys being me hmm, that's a new way of saying it huh i like saying it like that the holy spirit loves being me hello john hello vince and anybody else who hops on we're going to read through isaiah 40 and I know that for some of us, this is a familiar space of scripture for us. But I think that as, as we really dive into restoration, we need to go back to better understand a way forward. And um, I before before I start reading, I just, I, I, as I was like reading through some things and, and putting my thoughts together for this, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was also offering a warning and to be careful what it is that we're pining for. Um, that, you know, sometimes we allow trouble to come in and because listen, our flesh kind of likes it. Let's just be honest about that, that our, our flesh likes the trouble. It likes to mull over the problem and that our spirit is wanting to rise up and conquer that thing with solutions. But our, the warning is to realize that your flesh wants to hold you hostage to the problem and not allow the restoration to, to happen, right? And, um, and, and so I, I felt like what it, the picture that I had in that was like, the, it was a blockade that the, the things that, that perhaps we're pining for that are not God, um, that they are, they are less than they're, they're creating a blockade to the restoration. So just be cautious of what it is that your flesh is, is attempting to have a say in because you'll be pining for the things that aren't going to allow restoration. So there is your warning for today. <laughs> Not something I typically do, but I just felt like it was it was important to to share that with you. I I took it very seriously like, oh my gosh, what is it that that my flesh is after that um because sometimes our flesh is is wanting to resolve things in its own way. And that's not necessarily God's way, right? Um, and we're going to get to this in a little bit. We know in, in Romans 5, 8, it says that while we were at our worst, 
Christ died. And so for me, you know, I'm not asking him to come back down and die again, but this is what I know about his timing is that oftentimes he waits until he can scoop all the things up in one fell swoop, right? That's just who he is. Do I like it? No. Come now. Fix it now. Right. That's that's Angie's timing. But that's not always that's not always the timing of, of God that, that sometimes he waits until all of the yuck has has surfaced before he comes in and, and does the restoration work. And and so I, I hope that that um, creates some hope for you, some some margin for hope in whatever it is that that you are are asking God to come in and restore is that you would realize that it's his nature to, to wait because he's not afraid of sin. He is not afraid of, he's just not afraid of our dirt. You know, that's not who he is. All right. We're going to start in Isaiah 40 and we're just going to start at the beginning and work our way through. Here we go. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people says your God speak unto the heart of Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare has finished, that the penalty for her iniquity has been accepted. For she has received from the hand of Jehovah double for all her sin. The voice of the one who cries in the wilderness, make clear the way of Jehovah, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be made low and the crooked places will become straight and the rough places, a broad plain. What a promise, right? Does anybody have some crooked places? (laughs) He promises to, to make those spaces straight. And as, as I read through this, this morning, it occurred to me that, um, that the voice of one who cries out in the wilderness is going to make clear the way of Jehovah. He's cre- creating a path. And I thought that it was so fun to consider the fact that it took, it took Israel 40 years to make it through the wilderness and Christ did it in three years, or you could say he did it in three days. Right. And that's just kind of phenomenal for me to consider that, gosh, guys, was that ultimately the plan? That, that Israel could make it through in three years. I, I know that we, we reduce it to all kinds of numbers, but it's just, it's curious to me that um, Isaiah is talking about Jesus in the same context of Israel making it into the promised place. And, and he did it in, in three years, you know, that's just who he is. And, and, and the other thing that, that I want to draw our attention to is in this space of, of the waiting, right? There are so many scriptures that talks about the waiting, those who wait upon the Lord, right? Um, and we'll get to that. Um, it, that. That in the waiting, they began to pine for something that wasn't. See, this is what I'm talking about in this warning is be careful, what it is that, that that you're allowing your your flesh to hope for, because God's people began to hope for a savior that He was never intending to come and be. This is why they didn't recognize Him, is because He came as a lamb, 
right? He came as a shepherd. His idea uh, of being a savior was to collect all. It says that he was as a mother hen collecting his chicks under his wings, right? And and all of God's people are or are expecting Rambo Jesus, right? Like that's that's what they're expecting is this militant man, and he was right. We we know that he was like in spirit, he was militant, but in in his exterior, he was humble. He would go the lowest and and met with people right where they were at. And Israel wanted someone who was going to their savior see they had already they had already made up their mind what their savior was going to do and what he would look like and and he was going to come in and obliterate their enemies and of course like we all do they made flesh their enemy rather than keeping the enemy the enemy right and and we do this all the time. And this is why Romans tells us that that we are not to fight against flesh and blood, right? This is this is the whole point is we're not to fight against flesh and blood. Okay, hello, Carol. <laughs> but but we fight against the 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 enemy of our souls, right? And and we know that we fight from a victorious place. And so anyway, I just want I wanted to draw our attention to that that he who makes crooked places straight, that he he is he is the one who does things outside of your plans. So be careful what it is that you're that you're actually hoping for, um, in, in regard to to restoration. Okay, we are in verse five. Then, see if that's not enough. You know, he's 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 lifting up every valley and he's making low every mountain and he's straightening every crooked place. But then the glory of Jehovah will be revealed and all flesh will see it together because the mouth of Jehovah has spoken. A voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. Thank you. That's service, friends. Cheers. <laughs> um, the grass withers. Oh, wait, where were we? A voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and its glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of Jehovah blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. If you are someone who is is sitting at the end of what you're calling hope and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're wondering, I don't know how much more weight I have in me. Just know that the word of our God stands forever. So in those crooked places, just speak over them. The word of my God stands forever. So you don't have to put your hope in an outcome. Put your hope in the word of the Lord. What has he said concerning your scenario? If it's, if it's a healing that you're after, what does he say? Right? Like scour through scripture. Start there. 
What does his word say? What has he already accomplished? Testimony is powerful. So find a space in scripture where you can stand and then ask Holy Spirit, tell me more. Don't stop short at the testimony of things that God has already done or things that he's already said. Dig in. Find the space in scripture. Stand there. This is what you've said. Speak that over your situation and then ask for more. I like to consider Holy Spirit a little bit of a blabbermouth. Okay, like always has something to say. And I mean that with the utmost honor and respect. I love it that he talks incessantly. Am I always listening? No, that's where the problem is, is on the listening end. He is always talking, talking because like we said at the beginning, he is the great counselor and a a counselor is never out of words. All right. Verse 9, go up to a high mountain, O Zion, who brings glad tidings. Lift up your voice with power, O Jerusalem, who brings glad tidings. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Ah, that's interesting, right? Can I read that again to you? Go up to a high mountain. Let's just imagine what this is. Go up to a high mountain. What is our high mountain? I just told you. The place where we find to stand, the testimony is the high mountain. Find the high mountain. Go up there and stand. Ah, lift up your voice with power. Release the testimony. Remind God of what it is that he has already done, right? And lift it up and don't be afraid. See, this is where this is where we get caught, I think, is we serve our imagined outcomes, right? And, um, and and don't leave things open wide enough for him to come in with all of his power. And, and the thing is, it's like he intends to partner with us. And so if we close things down to box size, he ain't going to fit in that, right? We have to be wide open. That's why he's like, go up to the tippy, tippy top of the mountain. Go up to the high place and don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold, your God, behold, the Lord Jehovah will come as a mighty one and his arm will rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock as a shepherd in his arm. He will gather the lambs. Ah, if that doesn't get you in his bosom he will carry them that is just beautiful he will lead those who are nursing the young who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand i love that who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand i mean seriously just hold out your hands and realize that god can measure all of the waters that exist on our planet Maybe even the other planets. I hadn't considered that till this moment. This is all the waters. I don't know how many waters exist on other planets because that's just not my area of study. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of waters. And I don't know the last time you tried to cup water in your hands. I've done this. And it just leaks out. It just leaks out. But not God. He can hold them all. That's, that's big. He's big. 
He has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, who has calculated the extent of the heavens with a hand span. Oh my gosh. And measured out the dust of the earth by a measure and weighed the mountains in a scale and the hills and balances. Who has directed the spirit of Jehovah or who has made matters known to him as his counselor? With whom did he consult and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice and taught him knowledge and caused him to know the way of understanding? This reads like Job. Are you catching on to that? It's like, I love the inquisition of the Lord. I love it when he comes in like this, like, do you even know who I am? Does anybody else love that? I do. I just, I love it. Um, who has directed the spirit of Jehovah or who has made matters known to him as his counselor? With whom did he consult and who instructed him? And taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and caused him to know the way of understanding. Indeed, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as specks of dust on the scales. Indeed, he takes up the islands as a very fine powder. Oh my gosh, you guys. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor are its beasts sufficient for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? When the workman has cast an idol, a goldsmith overlays it with gold, also refining chains of silver for it. He that is so impoverished that he lacks an offering chooses wood that will not rot and seeks a skillful craftsman for himself to prepare an idol that will not be moved. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in, who brings the princes to naught. He makes the judges of the earth as nothing. They have scarcely been planted. They have scarcely been sown. Their stem has scarcely taken root in the earth. Nevertheless, he blows on them and they are withered and the storm wind carries them away like stubble. To whom will you liken me? that I should be compared, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out of their host by number. He calls all of them by name. Through the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob? And why do you speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from Jehovah, and my judgment has been passed over by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the eternal God, Jehovah, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint and does not become weary? There is no searching out of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to those who have no vigor, he multiplies strength. That, that What a promise. 
he gives power to the faint and to those who have no vigor, he multiplies strength. And we talked about this at the beginning for those of us that feel like you're at the end of hope and you're not sure how much longer you can hold on right there, right? He gives power to the faint and to those who have no vigor, he multiplies their strength. They will mount up with wings. Wait, I'm skipping a whole lot. He gives power. Oh, wait, we're in verse 30. Although youths will faint and become weary and young men will collapse exhausted, yet those who wait on Jehovah will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and will not faint. They will walk and will not become weary. Mm. That's so good. In the waiting, do the things. You know, we're not talking about just sitting around, twiddling our thumbs, hoping that he's going to come by here. You know, we've got that mentality. We've got that kumbaya mentality. Come by here, Lord. Hoping that he's just going to just enter in. He's moved by faith. Which of us are going to be those who go to the tippy top of the mountain to declare the works of the Lord, to remind him of things that he has already done? Who who of us are going to speak to the problem and tell it what to do? Introduce your problem to Jehovah. You know, we're far more powerful than we realize. Our flesh enjoys weakness, which is why it needs to be crucified. I die daily. Restoration of all things, restoration of small things (laughs) requires us to die daily, to, to be living sacrifices, right? Let's jump over to Romans really quick. We're going to Romans 5. We're just going to start in in verse 1. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, but I just felt to remind us of of who it is that that God is and who we are in him. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified out of faith, we have peace toward God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom Also, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and boast because of the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also boast in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces endurance. Tribulation produces endurance and endurance a provenness and a provenness hope. I know your translation probably doesn't say it like this. And hope does not put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that. Hope will not put you to shame. I know, I know full well what it feels like to be in that end spot where you're like, I really don't know how much more hope I have and feeling like, oh, if I really, if I just continue to believe in this, I'm going to look like a fool. 
you know? I know. I've been there. But hope will not put you to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were yet weak, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will anyone die, though perhaps for the good man, someone would even dare to die. But God commends his own love to us and that while while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other translations, we know that it, it says, while oh, we were at our worst, while we were at our worst, Christ died. Hmm. I think we could camp out there for days on end, just gleaning from his goodness. While we were at our worst, he gave it all. We're not talking about a mere man here. We're talking about God. God died. Wow. While I was at my worst, he died. Verse nine, much more than having now been justified in his blood, we will be saved through him from that wrath. (sighs) For if we being enemies were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more we will be saved in his life, having been reconciled. And not only so, but also boasting in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. We are in right standing with Christ. There is no need for you to to get all excited in this moment and think, I'm going to do it better. No, lean into the counselor. Lean into Holy Spirit and ask, what do you have for me today? Right? Don't let your imagination run wild in this place. I know what that's like too, where you get inspired in one moment and all of a sudden your mind is reeling into to places that are like days ahead. And you're like, I'm going to do it just like this. I'm going to be devoted to the things of God. No, I'm just asking you in this moment, be devoted to the things of God. The counselor will create the next space of devotion for you, you know? And I'm not pretending to know what it is that he's got for you. If he does have a plan that includes days ahead, that's fine. But you know what I'm talking about, how we go absolutely crazy in in our thinking and, and we're wanting to go from zero to a hundred in our relationship with Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus is carved out one step at a time, one obedient act at a time, one response to his voice at a time. We know scripture tells us it's better to obey than to sacrifice. It's better to obey than sacrifice because he wants us to have it all. And when we don't obey immediately, we lose out on the full strength of his glory. Glory will diminish. The measure of glory will diminish when you drag your feet. It's just the way it is. Radical obedience. All right. 
I'm going to leave you with that. Just remember that it doesn't matter where you're at, what your scenario is. It could be the worst of the worst. I'm not into comparing problems. But don't let go of hope. Find your space in scripture where he has already addressed your scenario or something very similar. And he already holds the victory over that. And then go to the high place and shout that stuff. Remind him of who he is. Remind your problem of who he is. And then lean in and ask for more. All right, guys. I love you dearly. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for my friends. I thank you for those who are eager for the maturity. I thank you for those who are eager for a bite of the meaty goodness of being yours. And right now I'm just, I release in the name of Jesus, just the gumption to go, to run up that mountain, to stand in that high place once more and to speak over the thing that has us frazzled. That we would be brave once more and that we would make agreement that there is no shame and hope. Father, bless my friends. With an with a knowledge of your, your presence, that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, and you haven't gone anywhere. You're always here and you're always speaking. Give us ears to hear. We want to hear your voice. And when our flesh is pining for something that is not of you, remind us. We love being yours. Amen. All right, guys. I will see you Sunday. Join us on Sunday around, you know, 11-ish. Pepper and I are partnering up to talk about the restoration of the land. I'm really excited about this. This is honestly, the restoration of the land has been my favorite so far in this. It's all been great, but this is my favorite. So um, join us around 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Until then, have a great weekend.